once we walk through that battle, we're going to move into the promised land, and we're going to we're going to take every city. Boom, 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 boom. They're going to go down so fast. The Holy Spirit's going to move so quickly that there's going to be a flood of divine power flowing like you can't believe. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Huffman podcast from Lighthouse Church Ministries. There was tremendous anointing on today's broadcast as we're talking about Joshua and walking in newness of life in Jesus Christ, embracing the new, and letting faith be our guide. We're so excited to have you here. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure to watch us live on Facebook and Instagram every Sunday. If you're in Irvine, California, come join us for a live service Sunday at 10 a.m. You know, in the book of Joshua, we see the exaltation of Joshua to a position of great leadership, position and anointing for service. And many times in our life, God uh, anoints us and lifts us to a new place in him. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, but promotion comes from the Lord. Do you want to be promoted to the things of God? You know, you don't have to stay a private the rest of your life. You can move up the ranks. I had a prophecy once, and the guy said to me, uh, you're going to move up the ranks. Right now, he's, at, he's got you under, Scott, a tough old sergeant. But you're going to move up the ranks, and you're going to go from glory to glory and from ranking to ranking in the kingdom of God, the army of God. And we can all advance in that army. So Joshua was lifted up to a place of great leadership, position, and anointing for service. Let's look at Joshua 5, 13 through 15. Maybe we'll get this one right. I think, um, <laughs> I think it was chapter 3 that you wanted. Oh, it was chapter 3. So, Corey, I'll have you go back and read that in just a moment. Okay. Unless you want to do that first. Yeah, chapter 3. All right, yeah. yeah. 5 to 7. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Let's go back. We're rewinding. All right, we're going back. Here okay. we go. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out. The Lord told Joshua, Today I will make, today I will begin to make you great in the eyes of the Israelites. Now they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Praise God. You know, a lot of times there are watershed events in our life. There are critical points in our life that we come to. And a lot of times we don't realize how critical they were until we look back upon them. And this is one of those incidents in the Bible where now Joshua is taking the place of Moses. Moses is dead. And Joshua will now lead the people into the land of conquest, the promised land, the land of blessing. And as Corey read, uh, Joshua is preparing the people to cross through the Jordan River and uh, enter into the promised land. Okay, Mayor, let's go over here to chapter 5. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him and his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him. Let's stop there. Now, Joshua meets this mysterious character out by himself. You know, when you have an encounter with God, many times it happens by yourself, a solitary place. And there God meets up with you. Amen? <laughs> Sometimes at the least times you expect, God comes to visit you. Uh, do not miss your day of visitation, the Lord would say. If God is visiting you today, hear his voice, obey his voice, and receive what he's doing for you in your life. All right, but we also have the case of Moses. Now, Moses met God on the backside of the wilderness at Mount Sinai. And we have a mountain, you can't see it today, but uh, it's called Saddleback Mountain. I always call it the Mount of God. <laughs> and it reminds me of Mount Sinai. And uh, one of these days we'll, we'll pan out there and let you see it. It's, it's not too far away. It's about 7,000 feet, a beautiful mountain. It actually gets snow on it. 
And uh, we are very close to it right now, even I speak, but it's just kind of foggy right now. Uh, the glory of God has fallen upon it. <laughs> wow. All right. So Moses sees God at the burning bush. And someone described to me, get, get your microphone. Tell me what happened at the burning bush. Anybody? Hurry up. Had to take off his Take off his sandals. Right. Moses sees what? What does he see? Come on. Sees the glory. Somebody with a microphone. He sees a bush burning, a bush burning. but it's not really burning. But it's not being it's not consumed, hot. right? right. Yeah. Normally when you light a fire, something burns and it is consumed, turns into ashes, right? In this case, the bush or tree was not being consumed because this was no ordinary fire. This was the fire of God. <laughs> and that's a powerful thing, guys. And that fire was burning because it was the very presence of God being uh, received by Moses. And the, the voice spoke, I am that I am. Tell them the I am has sent you. You're standing on holy ground, Moses. Take off your shoes. As Corey ma mentioned, the place where you are is holy ground. And there God uh, appeared to Moses in this flaming burning bush. And he was called as an anointed servant of the Lord to go and set the Jewish people free from bondage. Amen. Now Joshua has his encounter with God. Right. So the man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Now stop there. So God has a lot of different uh, roles and positions and names. And uh, really in the story of the burning bush, we see God is the I am that I am. What does that mean? Anybody want to comment? What does that mean, I am that I am? He's God forever. He That's it. He's it. Yeah. <laughs> there's nobody before him. There's nobody after him. There's only one God, and he's it. Uh, Lake Hume up in um, the Sierras, we've been there. It's a Christian camp, and they have a sign. We didn't see it last time. I was looking for it. But um, it says what in that sign? God is. God is. So God is. It's kind of like I am that I am. So God appears to Moses as the great I am. And Jesus said, before Abraham was, yeah. I am. What does that tell you that Jesus was saying? Jesus is God. Amen. Praise God. Now, in this case, uh, the Lord comes in the form of a mighty warrior. Jesus mm -hmm. appears as a warrior and comes as the leader of the Lord's army. Go ahead, Mary. So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped him and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your feet, for the place where you are is holy, holy ground. ground. And yeah. Joshua did it. Amen. Again, he obeyed. Guys, when God speaks to us, we must obey. To obey is better than worship, better than sacrifice. And uh, we see Jesus coming as the commander of the Lord's army with a sword drawn. I remember one time I got a prophecy, and this man of God from Boise, Idaho, a prophet gave me a prophetic word. He said, God's put a sword in your hand, a sword of the Spirit. You're going to go across this nation around the world with that sword, and you're going to yield that sword, and it's going to cut both ways, and it's going to touch people's lives in a mighty and powerful way because the Word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the vision of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow is a discern of the thoughts and tense of the heart. The word of God is alive, and we need the word on a daily basis. So here we see the commander of the Lord's army, and he's not former against him. He's just in charge, right? And what does Joshua do? He falls down, takes off his shoes, and worships the Lord God. Okay, praise God. Good verse. So the mantle has been passed from Moses to Joshua. Really, the word in the Hebrew for Joshua is Yeshua. Everybody say that. Yeshua. And what is that word in Greek? 
Jesus, right? So Yahshua is the Hebrew word for the Greek word Jesus. And so Joshua becomes a type of Jesus Christ. Amen? And who takes us into the promised land? Joshua Jesus Christ. Amen? He's the one. And Joshua is a type of the new covenant. So Moses is dead, and the Lord has instructed him to lay hands on Joshua. Now, some people ask, what's, what's the deal with laying on of hands? Is it just something, is it a ceremony that you practice? No. Actually, when hands are laid upon a person, there is impartation. There is a moving of the Holy Spirit that takes place, a transformation as hands are laid on people. Uh, remember when Jesus said, I feel power leaving my body to the little woman who fell down and uh, worshipped him. And Jesus said, who touched me? And she said, I touched you, Lord. He said, well, you touched me with a touch of faith, and I felt power leave my body. So there's a moving of power through the laying on of hands, and there's an impartation of gifting and anointing through the laying on of hands. So in this case, God told Moses to lay his hands on Joshua. Why? Shift that power. So that that anointing that was on Joshua, excuse me, that was on Moses, would be passed to Joshua. And, you know, you can't lead effectively in the church. You can't preach and teach without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Nice horn, nice horn. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, let's do some shout-outs while we got a horn in the background. We'll do some shout-outs while we have a car alarm there. Um, yeah. We have uh, Deepak. Greetings to you. He's in Mumbai. Is he a rapper, Deepak? <laughs> That would oh. be Tupac. What was his name? Tupac? Okay. Uh. Hi, Deepak. He's in Mumbai in India. Well, maybe he's a version of him. It could be. We never know. Maybe he might be a great rapper. Singer. Maybe we should let him go and do it. All right. Go ahead. Um, we have the Azeltines. Azeltines. Way back from Kentucky. Just kidding. It kind of rhymes, doesn't it? All right. Go ahead. We have um, Josh in the OC. Josh, where have you been? Where have you been hiding now? Where have you been, Josh? We'd be coming after you. We'd be coming. All right, go ahead. Uh, we have Maggie from Palm Springs. Maggie Good from morning, Palm Maggie. Springs. All right. Great to see you. And the you. crowd cheered. Uh, let's see. We have some new comments coming in. Oh, we have our friend Joy. We haven't seen her in a long Hello, time. Hello, Joy. She's in Nigeria. Hi, Joy. Joy comes in the morning, by the way. Amen. And then we also have... Crying um, may last for the night, but Joy, Joy everybody say that, in comes in the morning. Praise God. And it is the morning here in Southern California, and we are in Irvine, California. That's Praise right. God. And then um, little Ace says, Grandpa's hair looks great. Oh, good. Yeah, I got my hair done. <laughs> Marilyn Thank cut you. it. looks a little red. Thank you. I'm now a redhead. <laughs> uh, but it's great. And we have some friends on Instagram. We have Scott and Danny. Okay, Scott and Danny. What about our friend Job? Is he on? Oh, Job will be joining, and I'll make sure to shout okay, him out. Okay, yes, for sure. Okay. <laughs> well, say hi to everybody around the world and locally uh, in Southern California and across the nation. We're so glad to have you with us. Aren't you excited about being on and being blessed? Yes. I'm David. Oh, yes, Dad. Oh, yes. We want to pr- Let's tell the quick story of Jonathan. Somebody tell the okay. story. You want to tell Mom? No. I'll well, you. let's just say that we met yeah. Jonathan, and, and uh, he's going through uh, chemotherapy, yeah. and uh, he's in a very severe state of cancer. They call it stage four cancer, stomach cancer. And I told him that I would pray for him, and I gave him instructions on how to overcome this cancer through the power of prayer and uh, through the name of Jesus. Amen. And I told him, you're going to be okay, Jonathan, if you stand on the word and keep believing in faith that you're healed. By his stripes, you were healed 2,000 years ago. And God gave me a real love and compassion for him. So if you're thinking about him today, would you pray for Josh, uh, Jonathan, excuse me, I said Joshua, Jonathan. Yes, please. And I hope he's on today listening. All right. Someone else? Anything? Um, we also have Manjiri. And Manjiri. I'm live from Uganda. All right. Mm-hmm. 
Praise God. Keep we, commenting, everybody. Yes, keep commenting. So, Corey's right. The spirit that was upon Moses now was coming upon uh, Joshua. And um, the Bible says not quite the same anointing. <laughs> I got to tell you, the anointing that was upon Moses was very unique. And Joshua had a great anointing, but maybe not quite as powerful as Moses. Because there are different levels of anointing in a person's lives. But the good news is the anointing can be increased. Let's read that scripture, Deuteronomy 34, 9. Okay. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Praise God. So now Joshua's got the spirit of God upon him. He's anointed for service. And uh, Kelly, if you'll flip that around. Thank you. And um, he's ready to go. All right. <laughs> he's spirit filled and he's anointed. Guys, you need to be spirit-filled and anointed. You should receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. Praise God. It's so important that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's read Acts 10.38. How God anointed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus healed some that were oppressed by the oh. devil. He healed all. They were oppressed by the devil. Healing is ours, guys. Everybody say that. Healing, Healing is the is children's ours. bread. If you're a child of God, it's your bread, and you can claim it by faith. Say, I receive it by faith right now. I if you're sick in body today, you say, I receive it by faith. Receive it by faith. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. You're healed in Jesus' name. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Praise God. The transference of the anointing, which is an impartation of the Holy Spirit that grants power, leadership, gifting, and anointing to be possessed. So the time has come to cross the Jordan River. By the way, when we were in Israel, I realized we never saw the Jordan River. You realize that, guys? we got to go back and see the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River is, is a very um, murky kind of river. It's not huge. And it's unassuming. It's just a, just a basic river. But we're going to talk about how important the Jordan River is. But we didn't get a chance. Next time, we'll go and see it. So the priests... Actually, there's a flood stage going on, and the priests were instructed to go forth carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark represented what, Casey? The power and presence of God. It was the central figure. Um, you know, the cloud by day and the fire by night under Moses' ministry had what? Dissipated. It was gone. Oh, yeah. That was gone. Forty days and forty years, excuse me, forty days and forty nights they wandered in the wilderness uh, for forty years. And there... Uh, they were led by a cloud by day and a fire by night, the presence of God. Well, that went away, and now they're being led by the Ark of the Covenant, which is pretty amazing. And um, so we see that the Ark is the central figure of God's presence and power amongst them. Well, praise God. Uh, you know, it's interesting that David took the Ark to Jerusalem. Do you remember that story? Mm -hmm. And as he came into Jerusalem, what was he doing? Dancing, Dancing and praising and twirling and worshiping before the Lord. And uh, giving praise unto God. The greatest worship of the Bible was under King David. And he took the ark and he put it where in Jerusalem? House of Obedee. Under a little thatched tent. tent. Yeah. And that's where it rested. Just a little nothing looking tent, you know. Some people have beautiful church buildings and they're all lavish and ornate and gorgeous. You don't need that. All you need is the presence of the Lord. Amen. You can just have a thatched roof and that's good enough, right? And there... David instituted the greatest anointing of joy and rejoicing of worship that ever exists in the Bible. And God says in the last days, I'll restore 
The tabernacle, come on, the tabernacle of David, once again, he's going to restore the tabernacle of David in these last days. He's going to raise up that same spirit of worship in the church. And I've prophesied it's going to be a loud sound, a sound of cymbals, drums, uh, a rock sound, if you will, that's coming into the church that's going to shake the church and shake the body of Christ and shake the world for Christ. And uh, great mighty miracles are going to occur in this last outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? <laughs> Praise God. So there David uh, placed the ark in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. So now the River Jordan, as I mentioned, it's not large. It's not impressive. Uh, but it's become one of the most famous river in the world because of its scriptural events that associate with it. It's here that where John baptized what? Jesus. Yeah, he did that. But what did he do before he baptized Jesus? He preached a message of repentance for the remission of sins, right? And he baptized the people out in the Jordan River. Mm -hmm. And he told the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites. What are you doing here? Uh, you're being phony. You're just doing it because everybody else is doing it. And you need to express fruits that demonstrate repentance. You see the difference? See, you can say I have fruits, but if it doesn't demonstrate change in your life, then it's worthless. It's, it's, it's not ready to be dried up and cursed. So we need to demonstrate fruits of repentance. That means, are you really willing to change? Will you go the distance, guys? Will you go the distance for Christ and do what it is required to follow him? If anyone come after me, Jesus said, let him take up his cross and follow me. For he who loses his life will find it. But he who finds his life will end up losing it. That is the cost of discipleship. So here's John baptizing in the Jordan River for the remission of sins. And um, what a ministry he had. He had a big beard and he had camel skins on and a, and a belt of leather and he consumed honey and locusts. Sounds good, doesn't it? Pass the locusts. I can hardly wait. <laughs> what a man of God. You know what's amazing about him? He had this great advertising campaign. And he had all these people working from Madison Avenue on Channel 4. And they were producing this great program. And it was amazing broadcast. No. He went out in the wilderness by himself and hung out there. And the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to John. See, when the word of the Lord comes to a person, people are going to show up. Because God puts the word in your mouth. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they were the joy and rejoicing in my heart. And so the word came into John's mouth, and guess what? Everybody showed up. The multitudes came to hear this mighty prophet of God. There was not a mighty prophet in the Old Testament or the New Testament than John the Baptist. What did Jesus say about John? There was not a man born of women greater than John the Baptist. Now, why does that make sense? Why would John be the greatest? What was he the completion of? Come on, microphones up. He was the end of all the prophets. He was the end of the Old Testament era, mm -hmm. the last prophet in the Old Testament, right? Yes. He came in the spirit and power and anointing of Elijah. That spirit is coming again upon the church. We're going to see the spirit and power of Elijah come back on the church. Just as John showed up, and why did John show up? What was his message? Prepare ye the way the of the Lord. He was the forerunner to who? Jesus. To Jesus. What a privilege. He ushered in Christ. He baptized him, as we're going to see here. And so John was the greatest prophet born of women. And yet John did know what? Miracles. Miracles. Now, why is that? Because Jesus was all the glory goes to Jesus, and he did all the miracles, right? Uh, but Jesus was impressed with John. What a great man of God he was. He cried over John 
Oh, I get emotional because uh, John was in prison and he was confused. You know, we're all human and we go through, we all hurt sometimes and we all struggle and we all have feelings and we're all human. And John thought maybe he had missed it. Maybe this wasn't the Christ. Satan was pounding on him. He was getting ready to die. And uh, he thought, maybe I missed it. Maybe Jesus isn't the Christ. And Jesus sent word back to John while he was in this cold, dark, dank prison. And he said, go tell John, the blind see, the lame hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised. The gospel is being preached. That's all that I need to say about that. And John was restored in his faith. And he was later executed. They beheaded John. And what a great martyr he was for Christ. But you see, we do go through times where we struggle. We go through times where the enemy comes in, but yet we stand firm and we believe that God will come and rescue us in our difficulties and our weaknesses and strengthen once again our faith. Jesus said to Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And uh, when you are strengthened, Satan has tried to sift you like wheat, but when you are strengthened, you will go. Or when you are converted, excuse me, you will go and strengthen your brethren. Hallelujah. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes. We have a couple other friends. Yeah, let's have some friends. Okay. We have our friend Raj. He's in India. Raj. Great Hello, to see Raj. you. He's been following us for years now. Wow. <laughs> and he joins faithfully. Pastor Praise Kur- God. Pastor Kuram. Um, Pastor he says, Kuram. Praise the Lord. We've prayed for him and his wife before. She wasn't feeling well before. Praise God. So By the way, there's a you. tremendous anointing on this broadcast right now. And that means that God is reaching out through these airwaves and touching you right now as I speak. The power of God and the word of God is going forth in, in power and might. So all you have to do is receive it. Don't receive us. Receive the Lord in your life. Amen. Receive it because the Lord is on us. And as you receive the Lord, he's going to heal your body. Amen. He's going to uh, drive out demonic influence. Yes. He's going to deliver you in the name of the Lord. Yes. He's going to strengthen you and deliver you from temptation. Go ahead. Kill anything else? Um, yeah. And then we have um, another friend, um, Wansa, and he's in Zambia. Zambia. And all great right. to see you on. And then we have... Um, Someone, Dominion, uh, Dominion is, I like is that. on Instagram. So great right. to see you, too. Praise God. You know, I was standing right behind me um, out here by this little park we have here, and we look out over the whole kind of valley here, which they call Great Park area of Irvine. By the way, there's going to be a Christian concert coming up called Fish Fest coming up on June 10th. We're going to be there. But the Lord spoke to me when I went to the to look out with my dog. And uh, I said, the Lord said, um, you know, cover the earth with the gospel. The world will cover the gospel with the earth. And I thought, that's a weird way to say that. Usually it's the the uh, gospel will cover the world. He told it to me backwards. And what I saw through that is that the gospel will be laid out as a foundation and the world will be spread out upon it like a net. And the gospel will bring and actually literally draw people in from the world into the kingdom of God. And it's coming. And God's told me we're going to have a worldwide ministry. We're already reaching the world, but we're going to reach across the world with the gospel and uh, bring great transformation to millions of lives. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a great privilege to have that God would commission you to do that and that you guys are a part of that as well? So praise God. Let's look at Matthew 3, 4, and 5. Okay. So back to John. Well, we're going long today, aren't we? Oh, well. And John's clothes were woven from camel hair, and he had a leather belt. His food was locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from every section of Judea and from all over the Jordan Valley went out into the wilderness to hear him preach. And then go ahead and go to the next verse that I got up there. Uh, 11. Yes. 
I baptize with water those who turn from their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is far greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Praise God. And then 16. Yes. Um, after his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Well, so what a beautiful depiction we have of the baptism of Jesus as John doesn't even feel worthy to baptize Christ. And Jesus said, you got to do it, John. It's part of the law. The law needs to be fulfilled. And so John baptizes Jesus. They go down into the water. I believe they both went under the water. And when they came up out of the water, um, the Spirit of God, like a dove, the Holy Spirit came and rested upon Jesus. And it must have been something that was visible because everybody could see it. And there was a voice, an audible voice that spoke out of heaven. This is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. Uh, now, I've never heard an audible voice. <laughs> Maybe somebody has, but that's pretty incredible. But he said, John said, I baptize with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Everybody say that. I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire <laughs> by the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we all need that baptism of fire because fire is coming on the church very soon. You know, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord right after this is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the broken heart, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, Luke 4.18. And so there he was speaking how the spirit had come upon him in his baptism and he'd been tempted by the devil and now he came in the power of the spirit. Praise God. Any questions? Any comments? Yeah, we have a comment from Josh on Instagram. He says, God bless you for spreading the gospel. Praise God. All right. Thank you very much. Now, Jordan was divided miraculously, the, the river, okay? And the water rolled back. Now, we're getting to some really cool stuff here, so don't, don't tune us out here. I mean, I know you want to have that uh, Egg McMuffin or whatever you're mm -hmm. going to have. <laughs> Just put it on the side and hang with me, okay? So the water rolls back, and it recedes to the city of Adam, which is kind of interesting, and they call it Adam. But Adam, Adam, similar word. And uh, it, the water rolled back to this city of Adam. And um, it's a very interesting incident that occurred. Let's look at Joshua 3. Have we read this, 14 no. through 16? I thought yet. maybe we did. No? Okay. <clears throat> mum? Um, mum? <laughs> so it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan that with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the Lord. Notice they had the Ark. And okay. And those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore, bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water or the Jordan, where the Jordan overflows its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away in Adam, the city that is beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down to the Sea of Arab Araba, the sea salt, the salt sea, failed and were cut off and the people crossed over okay let's stop there opposite okay there. so um kelly go ahead so jonathan's on hey john hi jonathan jonathan's oh, yes, yes. Hi, jonathan. Jonathan, jonathan do you remember me pastor Huntington scott Park. yeah <laughs> we're so glad you're on and i know you're quite savvy with the internet so welcome to our broadcast we're praying for you believing healing for you you're healed in jesus name keep doing what i told you to do jonathan keep speaking the word Say that cancer has no place in my body. It's got to go. I curse the root of it. I tell it to go in Jesus' name. 
Jesus said, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and I doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. You've got to speak to that cancer and tell it to go. Tell it to leave your body. He has no right there. You're healed in Jesus' name. Praise Amen. God. Amen. Hallelujah. He says thank you so much. You got it, buddy. We love you. Praise God. Keep <laughs> love listening. Love to you. Just receive. Amen. Mm-hmm. So now we're at the city of Adam. And... Um, you know, it's interesting. There are two cities in the world today. So I thought it was New York and San Francisco. No. <laughs> uh, there's a few other cities, Honolulu and other places. But basically, you could say the city of man, which is Adam, which is the city of mankind. And there's the city of God, which is Zion, which is the city of God. You're either part of the city of God or you're part of the city of Adam. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you've accepted Christ in your life, then you are part of the city of God. You are part of Mount Sinai which is fantastic. But if you haven't come to Christ today, you're part of Adam and you're lost in your sins. You need to come to Christ and come into the city of God, amen, through Jesus Christ and ask him to come into your life. Now, I want to share a prophecy that was given to us just a few days ago from a man of God uh, back in uh, Ohio. I hope he's listening. Uh, Mr. Pat. Hello, Pat. He's a pastor. And um, we received this from the Lord concerning our church lighthouse and our ministry. And uh, it speaks to the water rolling back as it did at Adam here when the Israelites were about ready to cross into the promised land. And so the word came forth that this water would roll back into Adam, uh, the, the city of Adam, and then, then there would be one more battle to be fought by the men of God, the, the, the men of Israel, on the plains of Jericho, And after they won that victory, then they would proceed in utter victory through the land of promise. And they would systematically take city after city after city and win every battle. And that's exactly what they did. And so this beautiful story of conquest, that's why I love the story of Joshua. He never loses. (laughs) How would you like to be that, guys? He doesn't lose. He always wins. They made one little mistake. They made an adjustment. And they went on to conquer the entire land for God. That's what we need to do is conquer the land for God. Amen. But the word that came for us was the water rolled back. And uh, we began our ministry in 1998 in the year of Jubilee. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, Israel became a nation in 1948, right? And we became a ministry in 1998. Do the math, Casey. How many years is that? 50. 50 years. 50 years later. Uh, we began our ministry. You think that was by mistake? No, because the year of Jubilee is every 50 years. We began in the year of Jubilee, our ministry. And uh, we began with a worship team. And they were a little bit of rascals. They were <laughs> a little ornery, you know. Worship people can be that way. They have giftings from the Lord, but sometimes uh, they get in the way of the Holy Spirit, you know. And uh, we can all do that. But uh, they gave us a little trouble. And eventually we had to remove them. We had to say, hey, it's not working out here, you know, because you can't stop the work of God here. You can't let your flesh get in the way. And uh, so we started our ministry here just recently once again uh, here down in Irvine. And uh, we got ourselves a a worship team. And uh, we started on um, April 9th on Easter. And uh, we let them all go. (laughs) They all walked. Um, They were in the flesh. They weren't of God. They weren't doing the right thing. You see, you can't worship God if you're not in the right spirit, you know. And if your heart's not right and it's not pleasing the Lord, the Holy Spirit will be grieved. And when the Holy Spirit's grieved, you're not going to get the blessing of God on your church. 
So you got to do the hard things. And sometimes you have to say the hard things. So our ministry rolled back to the very beginning. And I was devastated. Like, Lord, we just started. And now we're getting rid of our, our worship team. And God said, you got to do the hard thing. you got to do what's hard to get what's right. And we did it. It took some courage. I don't like letting anybody go. And uh, it's, it's painful. But you have to do what God tells you to do. you got to cleanse the house. What did Jesus do? He went into the temple, took a whip, and he cleansed the temple. He said, my father's house will be a house of prayer. You've made it a place of merchandise. He cleansed the temple. God is cleaning the church right now, preparing his church for the bride of Christ to come forth in great power, anointing, and blessing. So I thought, that's it, Lord. I mean, we've lost our worship team. We're, we're back down to just our family. We got a church of just us, you know, and... What about all the great plans? You know, have you ever thought God promised you great things and then you thought, what are they? What happened? The Bible calls that the death of a vision. But then there is the restoration of that vision, the revitalization of that vision. And uh, that requires a testing of faith. And so uh, this word came forth and it really came at the right time. You know, prophecy is for edification, exhortation and comfort. We needed to hear from the Lord on this. And uh, we knew God's hand was upon us. We knew we were anointed, but something was going wrong. And uh, we couldn't understand it. And this man, Pat, gave us this word. He said, you rolled back to Adam. You went to the city of Adam. You went back to the beginning of your ministry. You revisited what happened to you in the beginning. You say, why, Pastor? I don't know. Sometimes, as Christy says, history does what? It repeats itself. I don't know how to explain that. It's just a God thing. And uh, we rolled back there. But then the Lord said, you're going to face one more battle, and I'm not at liberty to tell you what that battle is, but we're facing it right now. Once we walk through that battle, and Jonathan, you know what I'm talking about. Once we walk through that battle, we're going to move into the promised land, and we're going to we're going to take every city, boom, 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 boom. They're going to go down so fast. The Holy Spirit's going to move so quickly that there's going to be a flood of divine power flowing like you can't believe. And if you're part of this ministry, you're going to be blown away by it. You're going to be slain by the power of God on this one. It's going to move like a flood rushing across the world. And it'll be the power of the Holy Spirit moving. But that is the prophetic word. You must stay true to the prophetic word. And uh, God always verifies his word through the prophetic word. And so we're now starting over in a way. And uh, if you haven't been to church, come join us. <laughs> You'll see our family there. We don't have a worship team, but we got our two girls um, maybe you could turn the camera and show Kelly and they're crying right now. And Casey, they'll be singing with CDs. That's okay. No worship band. Uh, we're just going to do what God tells us to do and just keep moving on and uh, 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 worshiping the Lord and we'll see what happens. But we've got the prophetic word now that great things are coming. Amen. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't know sometimes where we're going. That's what faith is. You don't know where you're going. But you're going. Abraham went not knowing where he was going. It's one of my favorite verses. All right, I'm getting a little uh, long here. So the waters rolled back. You know, Joshua was a man of action, faith. Um, and we need to be people of action and people of faith. And certainly Joshua was a man of faith. He was one of the spies, you know, the end of the land. And what, Marilyn, what happened with those spies? They were hidden. And no, 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 but they went, in, yeah, but they went into the promised land. There were 12 of them. And what did they see in the promised land? Just like what I'm talking about. They saw, well, yeah, but they saw the blessing of God there. And they saw milk flowing. 
and pomegranates and olive trees and grapes. vines and grapes. And it was blessed, just like God had said. You know, God is not a man that he shall lie, the son of man that she repent. Has he said it, will he not do it? Has he spoken it, will he not bring it to pass? When God says a word, he's going to bring it to pass. Jonathan, he'll bring it to pass. God won't lie. He'll bring it to pass. You stand on God's word and don't move off it. No matter what doctors say, no matter what people say, you stand on what God says. Okay? For we walk by faith. You don't always see it, but you believe it and you receive it. Okay. So, where were we? What were we talking about? Um, they saw the promised land. They saw the promised land, but there was Corey. What did they also giants. see? They saw giants. They said, we're like little grasshoppers. And these guys are giants. And what happened? They fell into what? Unbelief. Ten of the spies did. Two of them did not. What are their names? Joshua, Joshua and Caleb. And who are the two that went into the promised land? Joshua, Joshua and Caleb. What happened to those ten? They died in the wilderness because of why? Unbelief. And they went back to the people and they discouraged the people, gave a bad word, and everybody died in the wilderness. You know why? Because they didn't exercise faith. You know why you're failing in your Christian life? Because you're not exercising faith. Jesus said, he that has more will be given, but you've got to exercise the faith that you have. You've got to step out on the water. Walk in on the water. Well, could you walk on the water? Peter did. By faith. All right, Lord, bid me to come. I'm coming. <laughs> come on, you got to have courage, okay? Praise God. So Joshua is one of those spies, and he's, he's the one leading them into the promised man. He was a great man of courage, as we can see right here. Somebody read that out there. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid or dis or be not afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the book of Joshua, chapter one. This is the words God gave to Joshua. Okay, Joshua, you're gonna have to be courageous. Sometimes we got to be courageous, but God will take us through. He'll see us through. Amen. Mm -hmm. He was a man of great courage. He was forceful and he was deliberate. Courage faces our fears and overcomes comes them through the power of Jesus Christ. We must resist Adam and the old life, and walk in newness of life found in Jesus Christ. Adam represents the law, the Old Testament, religion, and dead works. You say, religion, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, it religion doesn't work, i got to tell you. There are a lot of religious people, because religion is trying to be good and do good, trying to measure up to God and say, God, look how good I am. Receive me for how good I am. You know what God says? All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. You know, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. We have to come on the on the seat of mercy and cry out to God for his mercy. And we don't come because of our works. We come because of his work completed in us. Amen. And so we need to move away from religion and dead works and move into the life of the spirit and the life of grace found in Jesus. The spirit of life of blessing, power and abundance of life. Number two, we must embrace the new in our life as God leads us into new territory. Are you ready for some new territory? God wants to take you there. He wants to take you to a place you've never been before. And number three, faith will be our guide as we believe God for miracles and healings to reach people in this new move of God. Amen? Yes. Anybody get anything out of that? Yes. All right, let's pray. Thank you for listening to Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Keep speaking to your mountains, be obedient to the Lord's voice, and don't let your faith be moved. Follow us, like us, check us out at irvinelighthouse.org. Blessings to you. We'll see you next week.